when you when you when you lift up your voice with a joyful noise, he he flees. You you know, uh, he he left heaven because of that joyful noise. Do you hear me? He he found out God was singing a new song over his this creation that was about to be. And he left heaven. Hallelujah. You know, over 14 years ago, I give the Lord my heart, give him my soul, begin a process of living for him alone. And every breath I take, every moment I'm awake, and even when I sleep. You see, I found, I found some things in the scriptures that it reveals to me that God will even counsel you while you sleep. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, I'm thankful to be able to share something that... Uh, the Lord's in, you know, he's been piecing together in my spirit over a period of time. And, you know, I was sharing with somebody earlier, you know, preachers and teachers, <clears throat> a little bit different, uh, you know, not much. Uh, evangelists play a part in some of this too, but, you know, preachers and teachers are designed for those that are, are hearing what they're saying, to just crack the door open for you. You, you as, a, as a man or woman of God who's coming and sitting and listening and trying to gain information that you can use on a daily basis, that by design, if it's good information from God, your life is going to improve. And so... A good teacher and a, and, a, and a good preacher, his, uh, his whole deal is so he can just crack the door open for the man or woman of God that has an ear to hear and, and has an eye to see so that you, you're able to recognize, first of all, hey, there's some light on the other side of that door. You understand? Then, then go in and just ease that door open. And, and take your step into that, that opening, in, into that next room of your life. And get in there and walk around. See, because what light does, it reveals information. See, you, walk, you, you got, it's just like being, being in this room. And, and, if, and if you turn all the lights out and it was, and it was just pitch black dark, you'd be limited on the information you could receive on the things that are in this room. You with me? But when the lights come on, and, you know, it could be the dimmest of lights, then as, as the light increases, or if they come on all at one time, then all of a sudden this room is full of information that you didn't know was there. 
You hear me? Now, and so what preachers and teachers do, what I, what I want to do uh, tonight is, is just to kickstart the process. Just give you enough information, enough light to get you started. And, 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 and Pastor Mark, uh, he, he's, uh, man, he's played a, a major role in, uh, in the early days of me being born again, sitting and listening to him. And encouraging me, as he does everybody that he's ministered to over the years, don't stop with what you hear tonight or what you may hear tomorrow. Take, take what you hear and move forward with it. Brother Hagen now, he, uh, Kenneth E. Hagen, I don't know if, if you guys are familiar with him. Now, this man has, has an earth-changing ministry. I mean, he, he's changed millions of people. And I heard him say this one time listening to a tape that he had made in 1973. He said, don't be limited by what I tell you. Go on out further than where I'm at. Now, there would be some people that if they heard you say that, they'd say, oh, say I'm going to go out further than where Kenneth Hagin's at. God's going to lead me to where I'm going to see more than Kenneth Hagin has seen in his life. And some people would, they, they, they would actually scoff and mock and, and say, well, who do you think you are to think that you can receive revelation from God even at a higher level than a man of God like Kenneth Hagin has? Well, you know, if I'm going to listen to Kenneth Hagin when he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, I'm going to, I'm going to receive that from him. I'm going to believe that come from God. Then... Why all of a sudden now, since this come out of the man's mouth, about take what I give you and go on out further with it, now all of a sudden he's blaspheming. Or he's told me something that's not possible. You, do you understand what I'm saying? So what, what and, and here's one of the major, here's one of the major eras that, where we, we get in life is we just think that everything that takes place in our lives is just all up to God. And then we get into an area where it's either if it's good, then it's God. And then if it's bad, it's the devil. And we hadn't fully come to the understanding that we have a major, major role to play working in unity with God in having the dynamics of the kingdom of God just unfold in our very lives. And so... What I, what I get what I get share with you tonight I want you to meditate on this you know um, 
In the book of Joshua, it's one of the first accounts that <clears throat> this process of having the things of God work through your mortal man, this word meditate was mentioned to Joshua. He told him, do not let this book of instruction depart from your eyes or your mouth. You, you, you are to meditate on it day and night. Now, that's, that just goes right, right back to the song, Every Breath That I Take, Every Moment I'm Awake. That's, that's, that's a, those two sentences are meditation sentences. And, and, and so, um, the Lord gave me a, an illustration about what meditation is. And a lot of people, you know, think that, you know, you'd be um, having to walk around in a trance, eyes rolled in the back of your head, just chattering and everything. <clears throat> it could include that sometimes, but it's not limited to that. But um, meditation on the things of God what, on, on what you hear and what you read and what you see, it has played the single most vital role in my success as a Christian, a born-again child of God, and in my development. And, and so let me, let me give you an illustration that God showed me that uh, I want this to help you. That we're, you know, the Bible says we're being built into spiritual houses. Okay? Now, anybody knows, whether you've been in construction or not, that um, the, the, the best house is what? A brick house. Brick houses are the strongest and the best. They're the most valuable. And so... If, if, you just, if you just take uh, the brick and just stack them on top of each other like you would stagger them, brick, brick, you know, and, and you stagger them like you would stagger them, and you didn't put any mortar between the brick, then it wouldn't take much pressure no matter how big the house was, no matter how expensive the brick was, it wouldn't take much pressure and that house would crumble. Is everybody with me? Everybody know about how you've been up close enough to a brick house? And, and, I, and I'm going to tell you what, so, and, and uh, construction people in construction uh, terminology, they would say this. When they say they're building a brick house, they say it's a mortaring brick. It's a mortaring brick. It's a mortaring brick because a man that is an expert builder in construction, he understands the importance of the mortar. And so God showed me that meditation is the mortar between the brick. It's what holds it all together. It's what's going to hold your life together to meditate on these things. You know what, Paul, uh, you know, in, in the scriptures, it talks about pray unceasingly. That's a meditation scripture. 
how you can walk around all day long. And, and you know what? Um, Lord, I give you my heart. That's meditating. You walking around doing just your daily activities and having things in your spirit coming out of your mouth, circulating through your mind, all of it's being filtered. All those things that will come in, in, into your mortal man to create conflict, they're being forced out. See, there's a deal uh, that, that's called, that, that goes on called the law of displacement. Now, this, this happens in so many different areas of life, we don't really pay attention to it, but I'm going I'm to show you uh, um, an example of what the law of displacement is. So when this room was dark, dark dominated and had dominion in this room. But when the, when the switch was flipped and the light came on, the light dominated the dark. It had dominion over the dark. Now, and so we understand that, but here's, here's something I just want to add to this. <clears throat> the darkness had no choice. It, it had to go. You, you understand what I'm saying? He didn't put up a fuss. When, when light manifested... Darkness was gone. Well, let me, let me say this to you. Matt talked about how there's devils and demons assigned to all of us. Okay? But let me ask you a question. They, 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 they were obviously assigned to the master too. Huh? I mean, he just got through feeding the, the 5,000, counting the Bible, he crossed the water, and next thing you know, he's there and he's got demons just confronting him left and right. <clears throat> well, here, here's my question. How many times do you ever witness an account of Jesus wrestling with the devil? When the Holy Ghost manifested itself, the demons didn't have no choice. You hear me? And so every time you meditate on something that's from God, the Holy Spirit's manifesting itself. And there's so many things going on right there that, that has to do with this, this multi-sided grace that we've been given where we've just limited it to, you know, God's good to us because we were sinners and we got stuff we don't deserve. We've limited to that, but there's a grace that goes to work inside us. This divine ability of God is what it is. And so you're, you're not only having the Holy Spirit manifested in your mortal being, in which demons can't stand in the, they, they, they have, they, they will flee, they will run. They, they are forced out. You don't have to wrestle with them. 
And I know their scripture says we don't wrestle against powers and print. And if I had time, I'd get into all that. And that is a truth in, in the scriptures. But there's a higher level of truth that the master never wrestled with demons. And there's a reason why. But also the whole time that the Holy Spirit's being manifested in our mortal being, you're also having an active role in crucifying the flesh. Now, I'm going to say this and I'm going I'm to read my verse. All right. Crucifying the flesh is the highest level of spiritual warfare you can ever participate in. If, 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 if we get to a place where we're dead, see, that's, the, that's where the devil has access to your flesh. And so if we get to the point where we're dead to the things the devil's trying to accomplish, you've cut access off to him. And there's scripture in, in the book of, in 1 John that talks about how if a man walks in the love of God, the evil one touch him not. Now, if, if the things you've got in your life, if the devil and, and all that he's got going on in this earth, if you're at a point in place in your life where the enemy cannot touch you, you, you don't never have to pray for him to get his hands off of you. Or you don't never have to pray for him to get his hands off your children. You don't never have to pray for him to get uh, his hands off your finances or your recovery or your job or whatever situation it is in life because the greater one lives in you. And, and the Holy Spirit manifests in everything that you say and do on a daily basis because you're meditating on it day and night. And this is up to us. Uh, you know, listen, uh, um, this is one thing I'm, I, I'm, I'm going, I have not been a lazy listener in, in these 14 and a half years that I've uh, come to know God and love the Lord and, and just so thankful and grateful for the things that he's done, I have not been a lazy listener. <clears throat> and, and, and I assure you that if this was hard to do, I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, I, I got a hold of, of what Jesus said in, in Matthew 11. 28 through 30. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take up my yoke. Learn from me. Well, why? What's the benefits of that? He said, because my yoke is easy. See, I, I, I got a hold of that, and I, and I hadn't been a lazy listener with that, and, and I got to looking at 
How much I like that word easy. Instead of hard. Because you'll hear that anytime you want to step out and, and, and accomplish something for God, that, you know, it's, the devil's going to just have his way and it's going to be hard and you go, you know, and all that. But that goes into conflict with what Jesus said in that one particular verse. And so you're going, you're going to reach a point in, in life where if you're a lazy listener in what you're reading in the Scripture, what you're hearing from preachers that are designed to encourage you and to edify you, then you'll hear something in, 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 in along your daily routine and you'll lean toward possibly entertaining the thought that maybe Jesus wasn't talking to you that he maybe might have not meant easy and you'll get over there and thinking that uh, you know you're going to struggle throughout your whole life at everything you endeavor Now, I've said this a bunch of times to different people, uh, different opportunities that I've had for 22, 24 years. Man, I had a lot of bad days. I'm telling you, I had some bad days, man. My goodness. Two decades and, and a little bit. I had bad day after bad day after bad day. But from July 4th, 2004, and Matt's, we've got the calculator out. Before to count how many days it was, from two, July 4th, 2004, 8.45 on a Sunday night, to whatever day we're at today, I've, I've not had one bad day. Not one. I ain't struggled with nothing. You know, if I got something going on that don't line up, that ain't right with what I know what, what the covenant word of God tells me, I just go on in here and check and see where I missed it. And it don't take me but just a minute. And I get it right. And it's done. But... You, you're, this thing ain't designed to be a struggle, man, ladies. It, it, life, you know, here, here's another thing. How, how, many, how many's heard this? And look, there are some real situations in life <clears throat> that we as human beings experience that are devastating and troubling and painful. They, they, they are. And so, people experiencing those situations on a, on a, on a regular basis, 
They have a testimony about those things that incorporates the whole work. And they say, life's hard. Yeah, come on now. Ain't nobody ever heard that. Life's hard. Huh? All right, so Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you say life is hard, you're saying Jesus is hard. And he just said in Matthew, my yoke's easy. And then you line up with what Scripture tells us. As a man purposes in his own heart, all those things about you have what you say, life and death's in the power of the tongue. So if you, if you meditate on life is hard, now look, and like I said, there are real circumstances in life that can be difficult to deal with. And let's just say you may be experiencing some of those things as we speak. And instead of these situations that present themselves as hard and, 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 and a struggle, and, and, and instead of meditating on how hard it is, how difficult it is, how long I've struggled with this, how much more would we help our case taking our responsibility for this and say, he, he causes all things to work together for good for those that love God and called according to his purpose. Just so, great, greater is he that lives in me than he that's in this world. What, what about if you can meditate on uh, thanks be unto God who always gives me the victory through, through my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? What, what if you meditate on those things? See, because what, what happens is, is when you say life's hard, you done got in violation of the word and God's not obligated to help. The enemy is, he sends his folks in there to help you with that. And he's going to help you with that hard part. I mean, he does. But when you, when you start lining up with Scripture, you start honoring what you know. Huh? Then you give God direct access to prove his faithfulness. And so who, who, who in, in this life is not hungry for miracles, signs, wonders, and demonstrations of power? Miracles, signs, wonders, and demonstrations of power. Everybody? Nobody? Miracles, signs, wonders, 
demonstrations of power. All right, so how, how many would just fully receive right now? You have a major role in having those things come to pass, first of all in your life, first of all in your family's life, and then as you go out into your everyday endeavors, having caught you causing things to happen in a dynamic way to where just like Paul, you know, they, they, they looked at Paul in some of the cases and they, they, try, they started trying to worship him as a God. And, and it was because of all the miracles and things that, that he, he had going on everywhere he went. And so would you, would you embrace the idea just long enough uh, for tonight and, and begin a process of meta you How hungry are you for those uh, miracles and signs and wonders and demonstrations of power and ask God to reveal to you little by little how to start experiencing them? And I'm going to show you something right here. <clears throat> and I'm going to read from John 3 verse 12 this is Jesus talking alright so I'm going to start at 10 Jesus answered them this is John chapter 3 verse 10 Jesus answered him talking about Nicodemus he just went through this whole deal about him being born again and and he said how he said Nicodemus said to him how can this be and Jesus answered him he said are you the teacher of Israel but you do not know these things truly truly I say to you we speak of what we know and we bear witness of what we have seen but you do not receive our testimony Verse 12, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And so I want to talk to you about uh, being a forerunner, that these things where Jesus taught in parables, these natural illustrations, just like I give you with the brick house, to these natural illustrations that reveal spiritual truth. So, a practical instruction. In other words, you're sitting here as a man or woman of God. You get up on a daily basis and you endeavor that moment through that whole day. You want to hear from God. You, you, want, to, you want the Holy Spirit to guide you. Now listen to me now. There, there are no God-ordained failures. I'm convinced if you get good at, at, at hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you, revealing to you where to go, what to say, what to do, I, I'm convinced 100% because there are no God-ordained failures, you will never make another mistake as long as you live.
So he says, if I tell you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And so practical instruction is a forerunner for divine impartations, revelations, and miracles. Practical instruction. It's all through the Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm about to give you several examples of how the instruction always came before the miracle. See, th this is going to just totally destroy everybody's concept who thinks it's just, miracles are just all up to God. Glory to God. Listen to me on Noah. He, he told Noah, build the ship. Build the ark. Give him the dimensions of it. Told him what to build it out of. Real material now. You know, real wood. The stuff they use from the trees, sap and gum and all this other stuff and from the plants. He, he, give, he give Noah a practical instruction. Build the ship. And so what happened? He built the ship. One week before the flood came, he told him to board the ship. Natural instruction. What happened? Him and his folks was the only one that lived. Now, if he wouldn't have built the ship, wouldn't have received the practical instruction, what would have happened when the flood came? Nobody would have had a boat. Right? All right, so look what he done, look what he done with Moses. He, he, he gave Moses a practical instruction when he was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he come to the Red Sea. He said, Moses, take, take that, what you got in your hand, and raise it up. Just as practical as it could be, this old stick that Moses has been walking around with all this time. He told him, take, take that. Now, in human, in, you, got the, you got the Romans bearing down on this side, the Red Sea right here on this side, and God wants you to raise a stick. But see, we know we've got, Moses didn't have the word, we've got the word where it says, lean not to your own understanding. But trust the Lord. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. What? And He'll direct your path. So he told Moses, raise the stick, lift up the staff. Look, he told Rahab, Rahab, uh, the prostitute in Jericho, the, the spies came. They were going to destroy the city, set it on fire and burn it. She knew it. The spies came. She hid them. A as a thank you, she wanted them to spare her and her family. And so the, the spies told her, says, um, you know, surely as he's the God of Israel, um, if you'll take a scarlet cord, hang it in the window, when we come back, if we see the cord, you'll live and all your family. So the spies left. The girl, she may have been, been she may have, you know, been a sinner, a Gentile in prostitution, but she, she, she functioned in wisdom at this moment. The Bible says she ran and got the cord and immediately hung it in the window. A practical instruction. Now here, here now look. Here's what's good about the way God's going to do things in your life. None of these people had to go nowhere to get nothing. What God asked them to use, they had in their possession.
That's why this thing's easy. They, they didn't have to go anywhere to get anything. Naaman, he, 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 had, he had a skin disease, leprosy, they say. He come and he, you know, and, and they, he thought the prophet was just going to lay hands on him and heal him. And the prophet said, go dip seven times in the river. He said, no, no, man, just, I want you to lay hands, just, you know, heal me like you always heal folks. No, go dip seven times in the river. So this man got offended. He said his river is where he came from. is cleaner than the one he wanted him. And, and so he was leaving, rebelling against the instruction. Now, you know, the word says uh, that, uh, well, I'll wait on that. Uh, uh, yes, Lord, I, I'll wait on that. But Naaman was leaving and gone, and his servant said, look, we done drove all this way. Let's just do what the prophet said. Let's go dip. What happened when the man went and dipped? Just a practical instruction. He didn't have to dig the river. The river was already there. He, he didn't have to do nothing but just follow the practical instruction. And what happened? Did he receive a miracle? What about at the wedding banquet? Let's move over into the New Testament. You know, they don't run out of wine. And, um, you know, they started tearing, trying to, you know, scuffling around, trying to figure out what to do. And uh, Mary went to Jesus, said something to him about it, and he said, what does this have to do with me? And then she just really just ignored him, it seemed like, and went over there and told the servants. They said, whatever. Now, this is the key to audio miracles. This is the key to every problem you've got in your life. It's what Mary said to the servants. Whatever Jesus says to you, just do it. Now, these old boys at a wedding banquet, I'm sure even the servants had the good shoes on. And he wanted them to go down to the river and fill the water pots up. So they had to pull up their dresses you know, go down this old dirty river and fill up them water pots and come back up. And for what? What does he want us to fill up these water pots for? Man, we need wine. Well, what happened? They, they leaned not to their own understanding. In other words, they didn't stop right there in the tracks and not do what Jesus asked them to do just because they couldn't understand what he was going to do. Said he knew the whole time. See, and so what happened? Did they receive a miracle? Miracles, signs, and wonders, and demonstrations of power. It, it, there's, there's always a practical instruction for you as an individual that's going to be the forerunner for you to receive what you're believing God for. And so the, the others, there, there's, there's a lot of other ones. And I'm on, he told Peter, cast your net on the other side. What happened? Then, then they had to pay the taxes. He told them another time, go down to the water and get the first fish, open his mouth. Just told Peter, to, hey, you're a fisherman, man, go fishing. How practical is that? He didn't have to be trained to do that. 
So here's another thing. The, the practical instructions that you'll receive on a daily basis uh, uh, and with, with regularity, it's going to be tied to your gift and your talent and your calling. That, that thing that he's going to have you do, it's not going to be hard. You're going to be gifted to do it. It's going to be something that you're good at. And it'll probably be something that you've done without. Peter's, Peter's probably caught 10 million fish. None of them have ever had any money in their mouth. <laughs> All right, so th this is the purpose of parables. They appealed to and was easily applied to the natural or practical man's way of thinking and living. Natural illustrations revealing spiritual revelation. This practical principle of God is also revealed in the very existence of Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of Joseph, Jesus of Galilee, or the Nazarene. It was Jesus' calling to be God and live like men. You hear me? But it's our calling to be men and live like gods. Did you hear me? The, the Bible says, uh, let me go to John 10, 34. I, I felt somebody kick back on that. It, it's, it's Jesus being God, his calling was to come and live like a man. Our calling is being like men and living like gods. So John 10, 34, Jesus answered them. He says, is it not written in your scriptures that I said ye are gods? And, and if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken... I mean, now you're going to say I'm blaspheming? Because it's written in your scriptures that ye are gods? And so Jesus laid down his deity and we're called to pick ours up. And the will of God was established. Are y'all going to meditate on some of these things? Who's writing this down? I, am I saying it too fast? I am. But... Uh, I don't know if they're taping it, but the will of God is established in Christ Jesus. Everybody agree with that? The outcome of that will, that will that was established in Christ Jesus, the outcome of that will is established in us. See, this thing ain't over with. It's not a done deal just because he died. His resurrected body is still in the earth. There, there, if you've been born again, you're sitting here. I said his resurrected body in human form is still here in the earth. Each one of us are individual members of the body of Christ.
It's not over with yet. See, your whole, your, this whole deal about you know, what we're doing in life, you know, it, it's way greater than just, and I'm, I'm saying this because a lot of these guys here, I, I've, come to, I've been through this. It's way more than you just being able to pass a drug test. We're, we're here for a period of time to be able to rule the universe at some point. And so the outcome of this will is established in us. Jesus said, greater works that, that, uh, that you shall do because I go to my Father. The same way he done it, he walked in love, he walked in faith, he was led by the Holy Spirit. And for any of these things that I've mentioned to you or what you may hear about the things of God pertaining to your life, all the days from here on out, you have to believe these things you're hearing. Faith is the intercessor or the mediator between the natural things and the spiritual things. In other words, us being down here in this realm by faith is how we reach heaven and transfer them into our lives. You, you, you have to, and, and look, meditation is, is going to be your first sign that you're believing it. When, when you start hearing yourself mutter these things of God and reminding yourself of the things you've heard on a regular basis, you, you can go ahead and, and, and acknowledge it. Man, my faith's growing. I'm strong in the Lord. I'm going to experience miracle signs and wonders. And so faith is the intercessor. It's the agent of agreement. It's our divine ability to agree with God and have the results of that agreement transfer into our everyday lives. And agreement with God is the highest level of spiritual maturity we can experience. I'm going to say that again. Agreement with God is the highest level of spiritual maturity we can experience. John 8, 29. Jesus says, I always do those things which please the Father. That needs to be something you meditate on, you know, every day that you, you're going through your process in life. I always do those things which please the Father. You know what? If you miss it, repent. That pleases Him. You, you're, you're using the gift He gives you, the gift of repentance. And then I'll finish here. Uh, so understanding that practical instructions are going to be how God leads you through life. You, you can't look for, the, for the, the supernatural where the clouds part and... You know, fish start walking on the, on the land. And now, you, no, no. It, it's it's going to be easy to, to step right into these miracles because these instructions are going to be tied to your gift and your talent. And so here, here's where you get into agreement 
with God on. The Holy Spirit is highly developed. He's highly skilled in successfully navigating us in this life the same way and at the same level of results that Jesus experienced. He is the master of time, place, and application. God's good at navigating the ones that'll, that'll be, have an eye to see, an ear to hear, and, and, and endeavor on a daily basis to hear from God. He's a master at it. That's how Jesus stayed alive until it was time for him to die. That's how Paul stayed alive until it was time for him to go. That's how, that's how he, he, he led all these people doing what they were doing. They heard from God on a regular basis. And, and the, that natural instruction, go here, stay here two days, go over here. Uh, don't, don't preach over there. Don't, don't, I don't want you preaching there. I want you to preach over here. Well, we're supposed to go ye into all the world. No, no, don't go preach over there. Go preach over here. And so there's going to be times where he may tell Abraham to go, Go to a place that I'm, I'll show you. And, and then there may be other times he tells Peter, just come. And so you can't base your instruction off what your brother next to you got. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. I, I'm thankful that... Uh, this word didn't fall on deaf ears. That we're, we're, we're not only going to be hearers of the word, but we're going to be doers. And Father, I, I just want to acknowledge this great promise that we have in the scriptures that the word says that, that if we do not let this book of instruction depart from our eyes or our mouth and we recite it day and night, then we will be successful in everywhere we go. My God, glory to your name. And I thank you for that promise. I receive it. And, I, and, and I'll not only be a hearer of the word, but I'm going to be a doer. And I thank you for the results, these divine results in our lives that going to prove you are who you are. In the name of Jesus, amen.